Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time, as always. Those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, tell others about it, I'm incredibly grateful for that and for those of y'all that financially support the podcast over on Patreon, whatever tier you're on, I'm incredibly grateful for y'all as well. Winter has decided to come back around again here. A little chilly. It's raining. And so we're inside today, staring out through the windows. It's good for the trees we just planted, though. So that's encouraging. We're going to go back to, well, <laughs> first, about to talk about priorities, and you can see mine are out of line. Lord, thank you for the time to record this podcast today those who listen to it and share it, be with them and their families, guide our steps, help us to do your will, help us to help those that have less than we do, help our nation to turn back to you, and help us to get our priorities in order, and guide the words that I speak in your son's name we pray, amen. So I intended to do this a long time ago, folks, yeah, you'll see why in just a second, because this is about 9-11, <laughs> and I think we talked about 9-11 last year, uh, but there's one of the problems that I've heard often over the years, and, and I'm sure that y'all have too, is that we've forgotten really about 9-11. Uh, we talk about it sort of once or twice, maybe a year, uh, right around the actual date, kind of like Pearl Harbor, although you know Pearl Harbor was almost 60 years ago, or no, almost 80, geez. And, and so that's a little different, right? But the point being here, what you've heard people say is that if we showed pictures of 9-11, if we showed videos of those planes flying into the towers, if we talked about 9-11, consistently it would change the way that we acted for the better it would it would force us to align perhaps realign our priorities and so we're going to read a couple things and then talk a little bit about those priorities so the first one is just a couple excerpts from president bush's address if I can find what I did with it, there it is. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this was at 8.30 Eastern, I believe. Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist attack. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen, and women. 
military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge structures collapsing have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat, but they have failed. Our country is strong. One of the things here, I'm going to read a little bit toward the bottom of the speech too, that we forget. Uh, is, and regardless of whether you this makes you happy or sad or, or whatever else, happy is probably the, the poor choice, but regardless of whether you acknowledge it or not, the truth of the matter is we were attacked by terrorists who were Muslims. And, you know, you go all the way back, which we've talked about here on this podcast before, to the Barbary Wars the pirates at the very founding of our country. We've been dealing with Muslim terrorism in different forms for centuries as a nation. And to ignore that today, which we have done really for years now, because the left demands that we do not use our senses, use our logic, to ignore the fact that there are still a large percentage of individuals in the world who despise our nation and are Muslim, that's, that's just to invite disaster. You know, one of the things when we would go into little villages or little towns overseas, you would profile, which I know is a dirty, nasty word to the left today, but you would look. And if that individual that you were looking at met the profile of the people that typically attacked you, then you paid more attention to them. But that's not being bigoted or racist or sexist or homophobic or any other phobic or whatever you want to use that's that's using your brain trying to stay alive trying to keep your men alive and if you didn't do that you failed because you invited disaster you invited danger for your team your men that could have been avoided and that's exactly what we've done today as a nation for our most vulnerable our poor and needy our widows and our orphans, and we're talking about Muslim terrorism right now, but you could, any of those core values of the left, every time we placate them, every time we kowtow to them, every time we allow that, right, we encourage it or condone it, or, you know, we don't want to, I don't want to be judgmental, I don't want to be that guy. It's not judgmental, folks, to acknowledge that something wrong is wrong or that a fact is a fact or truth is truth. That's not judgmental. It's just honest. A couple last little paragraphs here from this. America and our friends and allies join with all those who want peace and security in the world, and we stand together to win the war against terrorism. Tonight I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, 
for the children whose worlds have been shattered, for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. And I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This is a day when Americans from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. America has stood down enemies before, and we will do so this time. None of us will ever forget this day. Yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Thank you. Good night, and God bless America. Read through Psalm 23 real quick. It's a short one for those of y'all that know it or for those that don't. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, one of the, it's a very comforting psalm. It's a great one to read often if you're looking for comfort. If you're, whatever problems you're going through, job, marriage, life, finances, children, parents, doesn't matter. That's uh, it's extremely comforting. And I'm sure it was to many people uh, on 9-11. And, and that's kind of the point he talked about here, uniting. And we've talked about the quote from Calvin Coolidge so often about the fact that our republic could only stand when the, the core values, those principles of the Bible were almost universal. And we don't have that today. And, and so, you know, the president talked about uniting and, and we did briefly. And well, I tell you what, we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to read one more quote. And this is, this is from September the 14th, 2001. Billy Graham was asked to give a national prayer. This event reminds us of the brevity and the uncertainty of life. We never know when we, too, will be called into eternity. I doubt if even one of those people who got on those planes or walked into the World Trade Center or the Pentagon last Tuesday morning thought it would be the last day of their lives. It didn't occur to them. And that's why each of us needs to face our own spiritual need and commit ourselves to God and His will now. Here in this majestic national cathedral, we see all around us symbols of the cross. For the Christian, I'm speaking for the Christian now, the cross tells us that God understands our sin and our suffering, for He took upon Himself in the person of Jesus Christ our sins and our suffering. And from the cross, God declares, I love you. I know the heartaches and the sorrows and the pains that you feel, but I love you. The story does not end with the cross, for Easter points us beyond the tragedy of the cross to the empty tomb. It tells us that there is hope for eternal life, for Christ has conquered evil and death and hell. Yes, there is hope. 
there's a great deal of hope or as one of the my favorite characters from the chronicles of narnia says there's a good deal a good bit deal more than hope <laughs> i murdered that but he was saying there was a great deal more than hope but so what happened right you, you hear all this and we talk about unity and we talk about coming together and we talk about fighting evil and we talk about these you know acknowledging this evil and if you if you look at the church attendance, you talk to pastors that were around then, you talk to a number of people, we had a huge spike in church attendance across the country. But it only lasted a little while. Some places a few weeks, others a few months, maybe in a couple places even as much as a year. But eventually we went back to our own paths, our own our own ways, our own actions. We went back to what they call normal. And and we didn't really wake up. And we've had another example of this recently. And that is with the coronavirus a couple years ago, right? And we, and it's it's like we're getting a wake up call, but we don't fundamentally change. We don't truly turn back to God. You know, briefly, yes, we'll we'll look back at him, ask him for his help, but not long term. A couple of Sunday services a year or a hurried rush to get through church each Sunday aren't going to cut it, folks. We saw great and heroic acts of selfless patriotism on 9-11 and in the years after that, and and then we went back to normal. And we gave God a nod and a wave. And you have to wonder, you go back and you you think about Thomas Jefferson's quote about how he trembled for his nation because he knew that God was just and that God's justice wouldn't sleep forever. How many wake-up calls are we going to get that we've got real problems here in this country that we have, as one person in education told me within the past year, we have fundamental cracks, and they were talking about the education system, but we have those fundamental cracks in our society. The education system, folks, is just a reflection of what's going on in our nation, in our culture. We have broken marriages, broken families. We have rejected God. We destroy life by slaughtering babies. Where the country is flooded with an invasion of criminals and terrorists who respect neither our our laws nor our culture, our history, our heritage. We we don't even know what a man or a woman is anymore. And our children are just they're just being crucified by this. We teach them things that they don't need and we don't teach them things that they do need. And all of this goes back to when we get in a pinch, when we get in a tight spot, then we look to God really intensely just for a little while. But then as soon as we feel like, okay, we've moved past that disaster, we've moved past that that scary point, then we go right back to doing what we've been doing. We go back to living our life exactly the same way and we kind of tip our head maybe toward God And then we keep doing exactly what we want to do. You know, and I'll 
wrap up pretty quickly, folks, but the comment at the end or kind of in the middle of that little section of Billy Graham's prayer that he doubted most of those people when they got up knew that that was going to be their last day on earth. And you've heard all the songs and poets and everybody else talk about, you know, live as if today was your last day. But we don't really. And that's not saying you go out and you splurge, you know, and you you go do whatever you want to do. What it's saying is, do you have your priorities in the right order? Are you day in and day out putting the things that you say are most important in the right order? If you say God is your top priority, you know, are we spending time with him? Do we pray with him? Do we read the Bible? Do we teach our children about him? Do we love our neighbors as ourselves? Do we seek God first above all else and his righteousness and his kingdom? Do we love God with all that we are? Our marriages, we say that our marriages are important. Do we love our spouse? Do we put them before ourselves? Do we work to please them? If we're a husband, do we nourish and cherish our wife just like we do our own body? Do we love her? Are we kind and patient? Are we understanding? Do we listen? If we're a wife, if you're a wife, do you respect your husband? Do you submit to them? Are you a good helpmate? Do you support them? In both cases, do we, do we focus on our strengths and use them to help our spouse and, and ask for their help with our weaknesses? Or do we go down our own path and selfishly do what we want to do? You know, then you say, okay, so God and then my spouse and then, you know, you put your family, your kids, your parents in there. Do we actually honor our parents? Do we instruct our children in the way that they should go? Do we teach them right from wrong? Or do we spend hours, endless, countless hours almost, putting a screen in front of them, dragging them from one sporting event to another that they're not going, that, that, that has no relation? Or that the, that the the skill or the good qualities have already been gotten out of those athletic events. How many hours a day are we spending on the TV or the phone or watching sports versus with God and our spouse and as a family? Are we teaching them skills that they need that will make them a better servant of God, a better Christian, a better husband, a better wife? a better citizen of the United States, a better parent? Are we teaching them those skills? Or are we doing whatever we can to keep them busy so we don't have to deal with them? We're, we're trying desperately to hold on to normal folks. And we need more desperately to figure out that normal's gone. Normal is gone. And it's up to us to decide what we're actually going to get. We can go down a better path or we can keep going down the path we're going on that leads to destruction. And it all depends on whether we really turn back to God or not. Everything hinges on that. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.